July 25th, 2017. It's a lot from Pedro Show.
Pedro show and Pedro, but now with Brother Matt, he uh, teeth are being extracted. And also, I know he's got a, a hip thing coming up, so I think maybe next week, but I am not man alone in the physical sense. Well, yes, in the physical sense, but in the uh, meeting of mind sense through the magic of good engineers in Estonia via Skype, I got Matt Jones from. Uh, Northampton, Massachusetts. Hello. Yeah. And we heard, uh, we just heard you do Outsider on the Outside. And ahead of that was uh, starting off the show, like all the Watt from Pedro shows, John Coltrane. And here yep. he was with Thelonious Monk doing Pistrophy. Um, it's live, and for some reason, they uh, they lost most of the song. <laughs> uh-huh. That's, hey, we got the beginning part. And it's beautiful. Uh, Matt, going back, think in your mind, your earliest musical memory. Yeah. Well, um, I guess my earliest musical memories were uh, in my house. Like my dad really had a lot of records and listened to music. So I was I was really quick to start playing his records. Um, and I remember one day, like him coming home from work, and I had one of his records on, and he said, "You know, Matt, I don't know what, I don't care what happens to you, but you have really good taste in music." So that was really a priority in our household. Now, was he? Uh, uh, yeah. Was he a listener only, or did he make music also? Uh, only a listener on his side of the family. Only listener, but my mother's side was the musical side. So my grandfather was a jazz guy, saxophone player, and then my his son, my uncle, was a drummer who turned me on to drums and also a Minuteman and uh, Butthole Surfers, Black Flag, Bad Brains fan who turned me on to all of them. And through him, I, I got my I drum set and I'd save up money and buy drum equipment. And every time we'd have a family holiday with the O'Briens, uh, we'd have a, a big jam session downstairs, usually some kind of jazz thing. So there was instruments in the house. Oh, yeah. Yep, uh, and so I. But these I was are stuff. Doing, this mm-hmm. is stuff you acquired. They weren't there before you got them. Can you tell me the first uh, record you bought yourself? Um, it's kind of funny. Uh, I guess my earliest memory. I think I was really into as a kid, little kid. I was really into Kiss, uh, the first album with uh, Detroit Rock City and all that. And I, just as a kid, I was really into uh, the painted faces and the spectacle of it. 
Actually, I, was I, really, I, really, fifth, I, re- I think that's the what? fifth record. Oh, is that the fifth the fifth record? Detroit Rock Two? <laughs> that's okay. Sorry. Well, I as think a, it was as a called kid. Destroyer. Destroyer, right. That's well as a kid it was, it was my I remember my that by first. that time they were on lunch pails. <laughs> right, right, right. And for as a kid it was a big thing for me. Um that kind of stuff. You and, were a but, member of the Kiss we, Army? The Kiss Army well, I, you know, I was such a little, I was such a young kid by then, you know, like I didn't, I wasn't really aware, like people would give me the tapes and that kind of thing. Uh, but then I, my uncle and my grandfather started making me mixtapes. Like I'd get a mixtape with the, uh, the Minutemen, the Offs, a lot of Butthole Surfers, a lot of uh, Angry Samoans, just a lot of different stuff. The Offs, so you knew about them. They were San Francisco. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Done. So I get all these mixtapes. Exactly. Yeah. But but these things again they were given to you. I'm 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 curious about what's the first one you bought? It was this Kiss Destroyer record. Yeah, I think okay. I think it was that. Um, now, did you have music in school, like a class or something? Yeah, I mean, but uh, so I was I bought a drum set at a young age. I was already into drums, and so my parents would would uh, you know really encourage me, and my mom really encouraged me. So they would drive me to drum lessons and stuff like that. Um, so I'd always take lessons. But as a drummer, I never like uh, I never learned. I learned how to read uh, some drum music. Yeah, I'm talking never... more about like the school band, marching band, that kind of stuff. A, a little bit, uh, but I was never. I was always very shy. So like, there was one year where I was doing school band, and I got to do the cymbals at uh, for the Star Wars theme, dun, ch, dun, ch, like That's that kind of thing, like offbeat. Yeah. yeah, percussion. So that was really cool. And but it was more on my own type of thing. I was never very uh, literate enough to read the drum music on site, and I never learned the notes and that type of thing. Now, um, what about after school with your buddies in the garage or something? Absolutely, like uh, with my family during the holidays, and yeah. I had a band. I had a band. Um, well, I, my my best friend in school was my bass player, and uh, he was like he was uh, his mother was Korean, and so that's how I first got into really into Korean culture. His name is Mike Cook. And so later on, I went to live in Korea, and it was really interesting. So yeah, I was playing music all the time. And also, I was always working at pizza shops and restaurants so I could buy music equipment well, and always about, have like really good Yeah, things. let's talk about, what about recording? Did you start recording yourself? No. Uh, so that that didn't happen until later on. Like okay. I had, I was into playing music, and I was really into Tony Williams and Bonham and Keith Moon and all that kind of stuff. But there was like a disconnect in between my songwriting and recording and playing music. Uh, so I was I was a big writer into writing songs and also a drummer, but they didn't come together until much later when I got into the the Northampton recording, uh, independent recording, home recording thing. Yeah, and all I'm came curious. Together. How could you remember the songs if you didn't record them? And you said you didn't know notation that well. Yeah, you just you just play them, and I, I would write. Uh, I was really into writing lyrics. So since I was a little kid, like okay. every year, I would have this big uh, portfolio of songs. I actually throw them away every year and start new. Okay. Uh, and and so yeah, it's just so I had the songwriting thing and then the drum thing. Uh, but it wasn't later until I got into making them into songs. Yeah, what about this tune here? We're gonna play lawnmower races. Yeah, lawnmower races I did this past year when I moved back here to Northampton after about 10 years living abroad in, in Asia and in Europe. And um, it just it was my take on the on the culture out here uh, where, you know, uh, everybody has a lawn and it's competitive and this type of thing. And when I write songs, I like to get into a character 
And so it was a character who's, you know, observes the lawnmower races. And then in the second verse, uh, the guy kind of tries to invite a, invite a girlfriend to, to go see the lawnmower races with them. And in the small town where I grew up, actually, every, every uh, summer they have like a lawnmower race where people like soup up their lawnmowers and then like race them and stuff like that. But I think that whole culture is really funny.
Watch for Pedro Show. That was Lawnmower Races. And B. Jones. Then we, uh, yeah, I think London now Jamie lives, but uh, Mind Jail. That's Jamie from the Arteries and Pale Angels. His new band, Mind Jail, Dog Heaven. And uh, after that was Leval with I Pierced My Brain, also featuring Benedict Edwards. Uh, both those cats are going to play with me when I'm next in London at the end of September. I think it's the 27th of September, Cafe Odo. Actually, the second night, because the first night I'm with Thurston, and he does a Q&A with me. So tour coming. Uh, tobacco slaughtered by the Amway guy. Great tune. Aaron Lum with Meditation for the Steel Workers. I thought that was appropriate. Kind of a mantra. Chato Ghetto, brand new, 5,150 foot Mike Watt. And I, I have some spiel in there. Guided by Voices, not their latest because they just came out with another one, but this was number 100. Upon the Circus Bus. <coughs> brand new from Howie Reeve out of Glasgow. That's where he's living these days. Columbo repeats. His buddies, the sun shapes after that itchy eyes. And finally, Jan Bart with the final of his doorbell ditties, number six. He was on last week. Do you remember your first gig in front of people besides the family things? Man. Yeah, well, I, uh, I'm i just starting to do like live performances now. I, I was really into recording and that kind of thing. But uh, I did do a live performance as Gigi Band and uh, with Gian. Uh, we went, we, my friend invited us out when we were living in Busan together and we first started the band. My friend invited us out to Gyeongju, which is like the historical capital of Korea with all the ancient relics and stuff like that. A couple hours outside of Busan. And we went and we did a, we did a show there. Uh, so you're telling me the first gig you did was actually later in your life yeah. out of the country. Before that, you're just jamming for yourself and making songs, playing for the family. You don't you don't really take it in front of people. That's right. Uh, that's I right. I mean, I've been I like playing music I like from you for mm -hmm. over ten years. Yes. People, yep. if you've been and listening like to the Watt from Pedro show, and in fact, you can listen back to the archives. Use the search engine and search for Matt Jones, MB Jones, GG Band. You'll find that I've been playing his music for a long time. I've been a fan for a long while. I never yes. knew how this music existed. I knew it was something very important to you and personal, and I felt that through that. But I, I, I didn't know it was uh, not really played for people. Okay. Well, I played it for people. <laughs> yes, you did. You were, the, you were the one. Okay. So what was that first gig like among, uh, with that historical context, old Korea? It was it was great, and also I mean, what was the part of it? Was a festival or a... no? It was just a little. It was a little Korean restaurant, and they uh, my friend kind of organized a show with, and there was a writer who read some of his his work there and some poetry, and we performed a couple of songs off our first album, which were kind of just very simple. And for Jian too, she's she's not a performer or a musician in that way. I mean, I'm the one that got her into recording. So it was just it was just very fun, and then uh, later on when we lived in the Bay Area together, we did like an acapella performance at the Ho Hotel Utah Utah Hotel, like that famous oh, yeah, old the place. City. Yeah, right. And Not so we went there. 
Yeah, and we were going to do a, like a show with with a musician, like a guitar player, but he like canceled on us that that day, and so we're just like forget it. We'll just do a cappella. So we just did a song. That? That's lame. It's very lame, very lame. But you know, <laughs> it, but it ended up being really powerful because people were kind of shocked. We just got up there and just like sure let it all out with no no backing. So well, you know, the was, first version of the Screamers was actually vocalists. They were called the Tupperwares. Oh, they, wow. they, they had a backup band. Yeah, they were actually from Seattle. In fact, the, one of the guys in the backup band was uh, uh, Eldon uh, El Duce, the mentors leader. Believe it or not, a little yeah, factoid I mean, there. So okay, so performing for you. You know, I think there's a lot of this, and I think the tradition goes back too. Uh, yeah, it's not really meant for performing. It's meant as uh, some kind of other way of expressing yourself maybe not exactly. so much publicly but using music as a device to get feelings out exactly exactly like you said you were writing lyrics way young and then the first mm -hmm. musical instrument you started on was drums yes. so the, vo the voice was the melody for you yes you didn't yep. really play a melodic instrument at first and so it's always been like a backup uh, for you uh, yes oh you know a drummer from out there Bob Faye. Bob Faye, yes. Yeah, how far back do you go with him? So Bob Faye is the, the guy who basically turned me on into doing what I did now. Um, uh, after I was living in the Netherlands for a while, I moved back home and I started working at uh, Trader Joe's in Hadley and I started working with him. And he had recently moved to the area and he was just doing, I don't think he was playing that much music at the time. He was just doing casual stuff at his house, and we just started hanging out. And where, where do really, I know him? I know him from Sari and Volcano Sons. And uh, Sebado. I mean, his, he Sebado played Sebado also. That's right. Right. He played on Bake Sale and I think Smash Your Head on Punk Rock and Pink Moon. Yeah, and, yeah. And uh, Har Harmacy, some great, great albums. But, but even before uh, that, he's one, there was many guys Peter had in Volcano Sons. Bob Weston, one of them. Yeah, Volcano Sons. I got to see them. And one of my uh, and I favorite Bob projects. playing in Sorry yeah. Tua, the Sebastian Quartet. Um, yeah, I, I, I haven't heard them. I remember him well, talking. Well, we actually did gigs with them. They lost their singer. And then I think Bob came out west and he had something called Straight to Video or something. Right, yes. I, I mean, he used to play me uh, videos of them pl uh, playing and stuff like that. And uh, he was involved with a lot of projects and he. You know, it's just one of those people who's like really attracted to unique uh, musician artist types. And he's got like a serious passion for music, yeah. serious record collection and book collection. So I would just go to his house and we just talk about music and play music. And I would hear all these stories about, you know, Lou Barlow and the home recording and how they met. I mean, he used to write all letters, right, to, people, right. because, write letters uh, to people. People out there, listeners, if you're not aware, the last song and you're living all over me is a song called Polito. And it's kind of the template uh, that Lou Barlow, Lou Barlow did tons of home recording. In fact, you know, I know about this even before I knew Lou because he would send these tapes to Kim Gordon and uh, this where he overdubbed on himself. They'd be layers and layers of overdubs. Lou Barlow's one of my favorite singers, too. I just love his voice. Yes. But he was way into this homespun, you just do this because you want to do it. Exactly. So you know, you know the, you know I, I have a project with a guy from uh, Brighton, England called Cuz, mm -hmm. and I got the name from actually a Richard Hell poetry jur journal called that, but it yeah. always reminded me of this joke: Why does a dog lick his balls? Because <laughs> he can. 
Yes. <laughs> you know, and that's basically the idea why we did that project because we can, and, and especially when the, in your case, or a lot of young people nowadays, uh, like Gian, things are more econo. Anybody can make recordings now, and it was a lot yep. tougher in the older days. Yeah. So when people Absolutely. talk about the bad new days, they should realize, in some ways, music is way more accessible now. Yep. Absolutely. So, uh, and then the way I find out about you is something that was not even not even heard of when I was a boy, uh, the internet. Yes. And it sort of, it was the way me and D. Boone heard about bands that wasn't in SoCal. Like we would get the fanzine from... Uh, you know, DC or uh, what was that one called? Touch and Go that uh, Tesco did. Uh, there was one called OP up in the Northwest. From the fanzines, you would know about bands. And actually, a lot of guys wrote in these things. I remember Jeffrey Lee Pierce and Slashes, the gun club guy, right? He His name was Rankin Jeffrey Lee because he always uh, wrote about reggae and ska. And you could tell they're very passionate. But that's how you would yeah. kind of get turned on, you know? You had no way because a straight press whatever jive rock and roll machine you know they they, they, they it was a uh, very much a door to keeping things out filtering things out and only real square jaw shit come through and so yeah. when the internet came out and all of a sudden i could hear people it it, it really leveled the playing field and it restored yeah. my uh, confidence in the movement the nice. movement was a, a, a series of ethics. It wasn't a style or a, a pose or a kind of a fashion or clothes. It was actually yeah. this idea that if you don't find a way, then you make your own uh, a parallel universe. And that's what I always got from your music. I didn't know how it existed, how it lived. It didn't matter because when it came through the speakers, it spoke to me. And to me, that was really inspiring. It wasn't Thank like uh, what me and D. Boone... Georgie were doing was like in one little period it was like no it's part of this whole thing and you and you could go way before it you know Walt Whitman and yeah whatever Woody Guthrie and but then you can go way after it and we're just one part of that thing I was talking to these people yesterday uh, for Razor Cake it's their 100th issue in fanzine and just the idea of zine culture and I could I strongly felt that there could have been a parallel with the internet where everybody would have their own website and it'd be like their own fanzine. There'd be no filter. Mm -hmm. This is, you know, I paid the Kinko's man or I worked there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever. But here yeah. it is. There's not no, uh, no compromise here. No, no compromise. Yeah. yeah. It's I'm coming out unfiltered. It's coming out. And if it's stumble bum, then maybe it is for now, and, and I'll work on that. Or maybe that's the way I want it. I like it raw. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, but, no man is a vacuum. So people like Bob Fay, your uncle, what's your uncle's name? Uh, Eric O'Brien. Yeah. Uncle yeah. Eric there. These uncle are important Eric. people. I want, I want to impress upon this, too, because you do get the idea of it's nothing but, you know, individuals and some kind of crazy Ann Rand <laughs> distortion, you know, and it's not. It's still about people. Mm -hmm. uh, people alone, people running into each other, people bouncing stuff off each other, people even reacting against each other. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's, it's, it is about human stuff. And I think that's why the arts are important, why they are a, a necessary fabric. 
And uh, I just love the way you went about it. And also, it seems you're not dependent so much on this idea of genre. It's just Matt Jones right. music. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love I it. Like bre- yeah, I like breaking genre and breaking categories and, and all that kind of stuff. Breaking the rules, all that. Yeah. Even the break the rule rule. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's the problem with skepticism, right? If right. you're really skeptical, you got to be skeptical. skeptical. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's why people laugh. Ha ha, you're just chasing your tail, you're a sophist. But we don't have to get that deep. Uh, Sorry. We are at the end of the first hour of the July 25, 2017 Dishwa for Pedro show. Special guest. M.B. Jones from Northampton, Massachusetts. Hold tight for hour two. July 25th, 2017. It's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro show.
Watch for Pedro Show. Uh, start off the second hour with Gigi Band doing Stegosaurus's Carved at Angor Wat. Yeah, let's talk about two things here. Because you mentioned Gigi Band, and that's one of your first performances. But also, what about this song? Were you traveling in uh, Cambodia? Uh, yeah, so uh, I traveled in Cambodia and uh, in Angkor Wat, huge ancient temple. Uh, and and there's different parts, but there's one part, they call it the Tomb Raider Temple, where that movie, the uh, Tomb Raider, the Angelina Jolie movie, was filmed. But there's a certain little carving there that looks like a stegosaurus. And the guy pointed it out to me. He's like, there's proof that there were dinosaurs around when humans were around. I mean, I don't know if it's scientific, but <laughs> the re- it really exists. You can Google the, the image. It's, it's there. Um, so I made this song about it, and I made it with uh, my friend, who was studying film at the time in Busan uh, with me, uh, named Vante Morn. And she's living back in Cambodia now, and she's a documentary filmmaker. And so she's doing the the vocals. Okay. So stegosaurus and and human beings were around at the same time. Well. There's a weird uh, kind of chapel in in Edinburgh, Scotland, mm -hmm. near it, called Roslyn. Sinclair family built, and it's got a aloe vera. This is a hundred years before uh, Chris Columbus. So yeah, things are trippy like that. Now yeah. we're talking 63, 68 million years difference. Well, <laughs> maybe, but uh, uh, what was that guy from Holland? Uh, Eric Von Doniken. Yeah, the uh, Aztec and Mayan guys are flying in spaceships in some of their drawings. Right. Oh, there you go. Uh, yeah. ancient, ancient astronauts. I think his book. No, Chariots of the yeah. Gods. That, that was the name of his book. Yes. It was when I, in the 70s when I was in uh, school. And I remember it was very interesting. Then they found out that some guy was making uh, fake pottery for him or something. I don't know. Right. A lot of, was, fake, a lot of fake stuff. There's some, some scandals. <laughs> yes. But anyway, well, talk about the GG band now, the band that recorded that. Yeah. So, well, GG band basically was just uh, Gian and I. We were... We like had a a, a relationship for a really long time, um, uh, probably since 2012. A really long time for me, I guess. Uh, but and after a while, we were just like, um, let's start making songs together. So, but I wanted to keep it simple and do it from the non-musician perspective. And so, like, we started making beats and music on our iPhones with different apps. Uh, and we we started making making songs and. We also invited. We started up inviting other people, uh, like Vante, who's a Cambodian singer, and Bob Fay, and Tim Sheldon, Fat Worm of Error, and so, John so Maloney, a, 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 a Korean bass guy too, right? Yes, yes. And our last album, who I met through your podcast, uh, 
I played some and of his music. I think he, he's in a hardcore band. He's a really interesting guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was he a Pusan guy? No, he's in Seoul. Actually, we haven't okay, met. So we we, okay. we plan to meet uh, next year, but we we, we oh, have you know him through involved. music. Like, b- believe me, Matt. I've done so many collaborations with cats I've never even met. But in a like, way, you yeah. have a, a stronger bond. It's a different bond because you've joined with them musically. And again, this is one of the things that isn't lame about the bad new days. You can mm-hmm. collaborate like that, which was impossible in the old days. Exactly. It's really kind exactly. of neat. Really so there's good. a lot of that. I remember doing the first Dose album with Kay. Yeah. And what we did was we each got one of them ta- Tascam four-track cassette recorders. Mm-hmm. And I'd record on a track, you know, send the cassette to her. She was doing an internship at Yale after she graduated UCLA. And then mm-hmm. she put on a, send back the cassette. It was all these cassettes going back through the mail. I mean, yeah. That was kind yeah. of sophisto. But nowadays, yeah. I mean, you're, it's, it's really interesting. Here, let's uh, talk about some of the other songs. I played Nervous Gender. The last one from their the only album they got to do, Christian Lovers. I took your name with Honey Trap. They, I had them on last week. Uh, they were the, uh, Dutch dudes, uh, Jan Bart and Chris uh, Groningen from North Part. Well, what, what part did you live when you were in the Netherlands? Uh, so I was always in Leiden. I studied at the university there. Okay. I yeah. lived there in maybe like three three different times. Uh, so I have a strong connection wow. to that place. Tom Watson. Yeah. Uh, Studied in Utrecht for about six months. Uh, electronic That's a music. cool city. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They all are. They all have their own little identity. That's why, yeah. why, I mean, we say Holland, but that's only one part. It's Netherlands because it's a collection of a lot of little parts. It's interesting. Right. Then um, I, am photogra- I am a photograph by Pink Courtesy Phone and Kid Congo Powers. People, Kid Congo. I think he just moved to uh, Massachusetts, maybe. Really? Either Boston or Providence, uh, Rhode Island mm-hmm. next door, but he's in D.C. a long while. But he he ran the Ramones fan club here in SoCal. He he's been in the uh, Gun Club and the Cramps, nice. and now he's got his pink uh, monkey birds and uh, great bass man Kiko. Uh, okay. Nels Klein, his um, uh, lovers with introduction, Diophonus, and finally Tenko with the Watchdog of the La- La- Labyrinth. She's just making music. With her voice now, and I think she supports her kids by making tofu. Uh, Mr. Jim Rourke told me, but nice. you're saying that you like to use your voice a lot of time in the acapella stuff, and she's way into that. Um, you got another tune here called "Everybody Makes Mistakes." We're going to yep. play next. Yeah, t- tell us something about that. Um. Well, I just is I, I recorded it in this past year in my life, and um, so it's kind of contemporary. Contemporary, and I just came to a point in my life where I just made so many mistakes, uh, and I just they, they accumulated. So it was kind of like a really cathartic song, and um, I worked on it with uh, my friend Conrad, and who's in Sunburn Hand of the Man, and oh, guitarist. Uh, you know what? Yeah. I might know I might know a guy from that band, John Maloney. Yeah, he plays on. He, he's with GG Band. He plays drums. So we we got a lot more connections. <laughs> he actually Conrad told me that he interviewed you back in the day uh, with Bob Fay. Like he, he's a long time might have been, fan but I know John Maloney through being in Thurston's uh, Chelsea Light Moving. Oh yeah, he's my now favorite I think drummer. He's a road boss for Jay Maskus. Exactly, uh, a dinosaur. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. Amazing drummer and good guy. Really good guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Small world. <laughs> yep. Okay. So you worked on it with these guys. Now, now, now what's the process? So, um, yeah, it's just I start with my song and just build it and build it. And a lot of the times, like, I'll, I'll make the song and I'll, there'll be a lot of lyrics and a lot of uh, explaining and stuff like that. But And I usually, like, cut it down a lot so it's really minimal. And then uh, I collaborate with other You, you kind of distill it. You boil it distill down. Distill it, yeah. yeah. Boil it down, yeah.
sound of the spring curves that arrive. Shed my bird and my chest. I can play a bit for dawn. There is something I'm gonna let you know before you take it. There is something I'm gonna let you know before you take it. If you look, there are bones of the spring curves that arrive. Shed my bird and my chest. I can play a bit for dawn.
l'ho incontrata davanti a un bidone e l'immondizia puzzavi ed eri sporca ma sprizzavi malizia e di colpo mi innamorai di una spazzina lo fai ogni volta che passavi oltre ruote e la scopa e ogni volta che mi affacciavo eri a fianco a una topa e di colpo mi innamorai della sua topa lo fai ed io mi chiedo come abbiamo fatto io borghese, tu impiegato della nettezza urbana Ad avere un amore così limpido e perfetto Tu spazzina e io borghese fighetto
parti dalla lavatrice la bocca così lunga un giubilo felice casa mia il quattrino non manca un bel marito al mio cuore unito come un capello al bigodino
Okay. Everybody makes mistakes. M.B. Jones. Then the healers after that with uh, what's what's uh, Salk Valley. No, Salk Village, just west of Chicago. That's James. And uh, Free Anxiety Therapy for the Poor 101, Part 1. Uh, Oaks, Curlin Stone Factory, Super Freak, Isn't Up to Me, Centauri, Proxman Centauri, Arabia Saudade, Tonto Deserto, <laughs> Desert Idiot, I guess. Gemoshio <laughs> uh, uh, Fubio, with uh, La Aparatrisa della Nataza Urbana. A frog, a frog, a frog, frog women ghost story and finally Maximilian the first yeah, yeah that's not, that's his stage name life on Mars and uh, yeah what were you saying uh, again about the, the process there with the uh, everybody yep. makes mistakes the boiling so it basically, down basically boiling it down I mean I have my lyrics but I really like to boil it down I try not to explain myself and that kind of thing a lot, and uh, but I like to work with people with a very unique perspective, and so uh, with the people I choose to work with, I give them kind of free range to play whatever they want. But my big thing is like you don't go, I do all, my, you don't go all helicopter on them. No, no, no. I, <laughs> that's why I choose them so they can do whatever sure, they let want. Let the freak flag fly. Yeah, exactly. And that, but my thing is, I I do have a control thing though because. I, I really like doing the mixing. That's my thing. So even whether we're in the studio or we do home recording, I always take the files back to home and I do the mixing on my computer. And so I, I have the final kind of cut in the way the song forms. Sure. But I, I get input from them too because that's why I love music. It's collaborative. And people, different people see perspectives differently, you know, and it's easy to get blindsided uh, from one perspective. Oh, you know? Absolutely, so I always, absolutely. Yeah. Thanks so much it's, uh, for that insight. People got to realize that it's, it's it's a journey, man. It's, it's very interesting. Uh, well, the second hour, July twenty five, two thousand seventeen edition. Walk Peter Show special guest M B Jones. We'll type for hour three. July twenty five, two thousand seventeen. It's the third hour of the Walk from Pedro Show.
Watt from Pedro Show started off the third hour with Gigi Band doing AI, The Morning Commute. Was that when you were in the East Bay Area? Exactly, yeah. Me, uh, Gian and I were both living in the Bay Area. I was What's there, the Nimitz Freeway I-8, I-880? I don't know, to be honest, because I, I never drove when I was out there. I, you know, I rode the bus. I rode the bus everywhere. Okay, uh, okay, okay. So it's that kind of commute. Because yeah. they, they got some plug. The German word is Stau. Perfect word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Total fucking plug. Yeah, parking lot uh, style driving is catching on everywhere. It's not just for SoCal anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Man, and that's what I was thinking of when I was uh, hearing this tune. Well, in so, a way, in a way. Yeah, right. on the I bus mean, I, is just as bad, yeah, of course. On the bus and walking around. Like, I was doing uh, a lot of substitute teaching in Oakland at the time, and mm-hmm. every morning I'd have to wake up and find where I was going, and I'd use my, my phone, and also the Bay Area is, you know, Silicon Valley, so there, everything was, like, technology, and uh, it was really interesting. And also, it was kind of a collision of, like, old world and new world, sure. because gentrification was like the Silicon Valley was spreading out into Oakland. So a lot of people were getting evicted. Yeah. So you'd see all this old technology like trashed on the street and people moving in. Yeah. And I'd just be walking around East Oakland trying to find the school where I'm working at yeah. on Google, Google maps and stuff. So it was inspired by that. Yeah. yeah. Great, great source material. <laughs> uh, then we heard uh, David Gerard. He's a Massachusetts guy with uh, Saturday night, Saturday for Scott from his guitar record. And then Brendan Etter Ensemble, Vulnerability. Yeah, he gave that to me on, on York Street in Highland Park. I was in Highland Park doing an interview yesterday. Man, is that neighborhood talking about gentrification. Mm-hmm. Uh, Exterminators, Cream of My Jeans, that's got Don Bowles. And uh, produced by Chris Kirk, uh, Kirkwood of the Puppets. He's been doing a lot of work for that label lately. And then the Bronx, uh, Osaka Band, I think next week they're going to come play Pedro. Poser nice. now, poser forever. Remember that word, poser? Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of French spe- spelling, right? And then mm-hmm. uh, Round Eye, they're on tour in Europe uh, with Troma. They're the cats at Laowai guys. That's how you say foreigner in China, who took us around in March, first time there. Talk about the collision of old and new worlds. <laughs> yeah, that's really impressive, uh, Mike. <laughs> I-, I was really impressed that you did a tour of China because... Well, it was I mean, because of these guys around that. They invited us. What they, the connection was Brother Steve McKay. They had brought him twice before. Right. Brother Steve was really connected, and also with Europe, too, underground experimental music. Yeah. The, the big love for him. Okay. Uh, what, what, what do you got on the cooker right now, Matt? Uh, these days, I'm just uh, finishing working on a solo album, and uh, I, I really want to start performing live. Like for me, I really like movies and films, so recording and making albums is a lot like making a film and sure. editing and shooting. But I want to get into the the theatrics and the performing part of it. So I went out and bought like I I sold a bunch of my old drum equipment and I bought uh, equipment to perform with, and I'm just starting work on that. Are you going to put together a band? Yeah, I want to put together a band, but I also want to be able to do it like with minimal equipment uh, sure. by myself. Also, I mean, I that's it's one of the interesting things about music. Like, I love collaborating, but at the same time, it makes it can make it very difficult if you're working with other people and the schedules are different and stuff like that. Um, yeah, but yeah, I'd love to have. What's a band that scary word? Possible. Personalities. 
<laughs> yeah. And the more interesting the personality, the better the musician, which makes it harder. And, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You got a name for this album? Uh, not yet. Not yet. Okay. Uh, sorry. That's okay. Still, you don't have to have yeah. one. Most people... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like for me, my songwriting process, I got to start with titles. Most people don't do that. Yeah. So I, can, I, I, have, I can understand I have a lot of themes. Okay. I have themes. a lot of the themes and stuff, but no title yet. Okay. Uh, what about this $200,000 ticket to space? This was a spacey yeah. song. <laughs> yeah, spacey song. Also did this in this past year. Um, basically the the idea of kind of like a, a broken heart and like you not only do you like you don't want to be in the same town as this person but you want to like leave leave the planet not even be ah. uh and be really far away sure um, but also inspired by the idea that like in the future we're going to be able to buy like commercial uh tickets into space i think even now you can buy a ticket on virgin spaceship for two hundred thousand dollars so it's basically wow. the idea of okay. somebody like so uh, broken heart that they just want to check out and instead of buying the house and the car and the picket fence they just put the money on a, a ticket to space and go go you there you know in pedro here and there's uh, that, i think that's mr branson but there's this guy yeah uh, Elon musk spacex yeah they're they're yep. hawthorne and they land their their ideas we got to reuse the rockets so they land the launch vehicle on this like football sized robot barge and it comes into Pedro. I saw it. It's got wow. legs. It folds out like one of those 50s things, uh, space movies that look so unrealistic. The rocket's coming down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's amazing about... Understand I'm born in 57, so Sputnik. And then the whole 60s is a space race. I was way into that stuff. And dinosaurs. Yeah. So there's a place in my heart for stegosaurs, too. Let's hear it. Not going to buy a house. Not going to buy a car I just want to travel Far, far away from you $200,000 for a ticket to space $200,000 for a ticket to space $200,000 
it's, I need a strap lock. Yeah. I mean, it keeps it keeps dropping up. I'm not fucking dropping oh, it. Okay. So. You're gonna try and fuck me to death. Is that what's gonna happen? <laughs> You're gonna try and fuck me into paralytics. Shut up and let's play.
this is this song is fucking crazy. Cool. It's the craziest fucking. Yeah, man.
otras noches tengas Amante muerte Un poderoso reptil Para tus mañanas Un picotazo de araña Inscrito en tu costado Una muerte sin saña Una tengas amante muerte un ahogo sin fin y duras agallas fallas en los dientes de tu reír quebrado un lecho mojado enjaulado en muchas rayas Noches 
Watch for Pedro Show, last music for this edition. $200,000 ticket to space from M.B. Jones that started off that block. Food for thought. Thoughts for chow. <laughs> then On Dolphin, Dance in the Kitchen. It's weird how I got this CD. It was outside of a gig. Somebody put it uh, between the windshield wiper and the windshield, and it was raining. So when I turned on the windshield wiper, here comes this It's not even in a package, you know. And I thought it was this trippy name, too, On Dolphin, because there's a Miles Davis you know, on Dolphin Street. So right. I'm, I'm wondering, yeah. And then L-A-N-G-S-A-M, that's an acronym, with a burning. And conformity contortion when in home do as the homans do. <laughs> that's a bad pun. <laughs> and uh, Las Victimas Civiles out of uh, uh, where they, uh, uh, Valencia, South of Spain, uh, Negras Noches, Maldivisa, Sea of Lim, Limbs intro. I just thought that was so weird. You know, just picturing the Sea of Limbs and then the intro. Woo, <laughs> you don't really need an intro. <laughs> <laughs> and then Xenia Rubino's help. And finally, Senor Al with When You're Gone. You know, Matt, you've had quite a journey, although your performing journey is kind of new and kind of fresh, but you've been with music a long time. And if somebody young getting into this stuff wanted to ask you for advice, what, what would you tell um, I The most important thing is don't seek anyone else's approval. And when people tell you you're terrible or they don't like your music, uh, take that as a compliment, you know, and uh, that you can be yourself. You know, I, I learned that a little bit, a little bit later, but that's the most important thing, you know. And then you'll develop your own style, and and it's all about your relationship to music and the people you make it with. And that's it. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. Take that to heart, people. Uh, means a lot to me. And Matt, when you get done with this new album, I'd like to play it on the show and have you back to explain all the tunes. I'd love it. Okay. Uh, safe seas, keep the keel in the water, but let the freak flag fly. Good people, yes. it's been the July 25, 2007 edition of the Watford Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry. <laughs>